Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike, the intern, Ned Reynolds in the studio on a Tuesday morning, an early Tuesday morning after a late Monday night football game. As Willie, the groundskeeper in The Simpsons, once said, I found a way out. It's not pretty, but it'll do. <laughs> That's literally how I feel about that game last night. Um, you know, there were some good things. Some things are getting better. It It's interesting to me that in the last two games, the star, and at least in my opinion, have been on the defensive side of the ball. You had Nick Bolton the week before, and then you have uh, Willie Gay Jr. last night. Offensive stuff is still kind of getting weird. Gore, I thought, had a great game, but... Man, you say, you know, maybe it's because teams have figured out the offense. I'll say it's they've also figured out the defense because they just have to look and see where Sorensen or Ben Neiman is and just throw the ball there or run in that direction, and they can gain 15 yards. Thank goodness football is not scored the way gymnastics and synchronized swimming are where you get 10 points for the best oh. ever because that game was a three. Like I said. It was not an artistic success, but it is a W, and that's what counts. It's in the winner's column. And the Chiefs did get a win, 20-17, to win it with a field goal with just over a minute remaining in the game. No, it was not pretty. Mahomes was 29 of 48 through the year. Think he's forcing it? Oh, is he ever. 29 of 48. When they, when, they put up, when they put up Jones and Mahomes' stats at the end of the first half, Jones is way more accurate, but oh, yeah. you could also see the amount of passes he had versus how many passes Patrick Mahomes had, and now it was right there out of the gate. He's trying to force it. In the, uh, in the case of Jones, Daniel Jones, who is a pretty good quarterback. Oh, yeah, he is. I think he threw it 32 times and completed 22 of them, something like that. Uh, but both for an equivalent amount of yardage, not exactly the same, but somewhere in that vicinity. But Mahomes not only is forcing it, he's throwing some bad passes. The one that he threw for a pick it was deflected off the shoulder pad. That was on the first series of the game. Threw it into the end zone for what appeared to be a touchdown or what was going to be a touchdown. Glances off the shoulder pad up in the air. Giants get a pick out of that. They also had another almost pick a little bit later on. But this is not this is not Patrick Mahomes. This is not the way the offense was designed to do it. And again, I'm going to b- go back to my theory that uh, the other defenses have figured out a way to stop them. They're playing a different level of, of uh, zone defense in the defensive backfield. And as a result, they're slowing down Tyreek Hill and uh, Travis Kelsey. Kelsey took the wrong path on one of them, slipped and fell, but he was headed the wrong way from where that pass was going to uh, go. Be that as it may, though, it's ugly, but it is a win. The Chiefs still have a lot of work to do. They know fully well that they didn't play a huge game last night. Hey, the New York Giants, yes, they are a pro football team, and these are pro athletes, but my gosh, they have half their roster out because of injuries. I shudder to think of what would have happened had Saquon Barkley been in oh, there. Oh, dude, I know. And Kenny Galladay and people of this caliber, these are all pro players, and but they weren't. They weren't in there. You've got to make do with what you have with the injury situation, and the Giants simply are not a real good football team. Chiefs beat them. I think the Giants are 2-6 and six now, if I'm not mistaken, but... Kansas City's even up at four and four, back to five hundred. It, it is, it is five hundred, and it's a team that I, I really feel is capable of playing better from what they have. That was not a good game last night, but then again, they probably played to the level of their competition. Could have done that. Uh, I will say, Chris Jones being in the inside was huge. I mean, he was just blowing through that line, and I was just like, God, where have you been all my life, Chris Jones? Huge against. 
the New York Giants. Well, again, but he it was just have, nice. Did not have a lot. Well, sure, but he didn't have a lot of offensive work holding him back. He was able to get through that line. Now, you've got the Green Bay Packers coming mm-hmm. up this Sunday. You've got the Raiders. You've got the Dallas Cowboys coming in. That's altogether a different story, and the Chiefs will have to really upgrade their offense. Defensively, yeah, I think they are getting a little bit better, but I want to see them play against a top-level or a capable top They're going to get that on Sunday. Team. Well, I, I think they will. <laughs> the Packers come into this one with uh, several days rest, of course, more than the Chiefs because they played, they being the Packers, last Thursday night. So they get about a week and a half off. And they should be healed and ready to go and get some of their people back in there. But you still have Aaron Rodgers. Now, can you do the same thing and pressure Aaron Rodgers the way they did Daniel Jones last night? Well, we'll see. We'll yeah, see we'll see. Uh, you know, in Ned Talk, you guys were talking about, you know, uh, Mahomes and maybe it was the the Super Bowl last year. It's kind of made things shaky leading into this year, the hangover, whatever you want to call it. I think part of it is he's he's rushing his decision process. And we're talking about seconds here in his decision-making, when he's throwing the ball, when he's deciding where he's going, because especially last night, there were so many times where I saw him go somewhere else when someone else was wide open across the field and he's not even looking over there. Some of the dump-off passes, the the um, checkdowns were perfect. And it's just like you think to yourself, well, if they're going to cover that way, then just dump it off to Williams, let him gain 10 yards. Which, and every time they need to do well, that... Well, eventually he did. You notice he went to the side. Uh, exactly, but still, but there's still times there I'm just like, he goes back into that, he gets back into that shoe again, and he's just trying to find that big play. And it's like, man, you got to develop and just take the 10, take the 10, take the 10. Who cares? That is my whole point. They are not playing consistent offense. He could do that. Those little flat passes, sideline passes, there's nobody guarding them. That's good for 8, 9, 10 yards, somewhere around there. Why not take that, that on the a first consistent drive. basis? And in yeah, and they the march right down the field. Yeah, if they would have just done that consistently, and it just all of a sudden he throws that pick, and then everything gets off. And that's what puzzles me about the play calling because I'm sure he's not doing that all himself. No, he's getting it's not some, him. Uh, B enemy and yeah, some yeah. of the other individuals on the side are telling him what to do through their headsets mm-hmm. and so forth. You'll notice they put their hands up over the the ear flaps. But the fact of the matter is that there's some some rhythm that just simply is not there. And just the first drive, I was like, "Oh my God, I'm going to be asleep by nine o'clock tonight." <laughs> and then that pick, route. and I and then I was like, "Okay, well, you know, Gordon, it went through Gordon's hands, it hit McKinnon, McKinnon in the face, whatever." But you know, I, after that, it was just like, "Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me?" But you know what? Like you said, it's a dub, and I'm not going to get too down on my favorite team in the entire world for winning. So uh, we'll talk about... Wait a what, minute, wait a minute. I, I thought the team here at the cave was your team. Of the you're <laughs> my favorite team. The stress is going to be mounting and mounting. And as you mentioned last hour, the Green Bay Packers had a little bit of an extra rest because the last game they played was that dynamite game against the Cardinals in Thursday Night Football. So we have, you know, add three more days of rest on that. On top of that, we have a short week going into this. So they're rested. Chiefs aren't injury-wise. Where are we at? I think the, the Chiefs escaped relatively unscathed. Of course, they're the bumps and bruises that you do expect. That, that's going to happen. But in terms of any serious injuries, they did not have any. And actually, Mike, when you take a look at the situation, they, they've been pretty healthy this season. Now, there have been some. Remmers, for instance, didn't play because of back spasms and I don't know what in the world has happened to uh, Laurent Duvarnay-Chartif. I know he's there. I know he's suited up, but he didn't play at all. And he has a hand injury, but uh, the fact is that there are others who have hand injury. The one that I'm 
particularly interested in is Chris Jones, who did say that he does not think his wrist will ever be 100% again. It's a ligament problem that he has in there, and that's painful. But you can stabilize that and still play your position, which he did. I think he did very effective uh, football last night against New York. But that's just it. It's against New York. This is a compromised New York Jets, uh, Giants football team, or the Jets for that matter. But the, uh, the Giants simply are not very strong. They're missing too many players. They can't really be competitive. Uh, yes, I'll stand by the statement it is pro football and you have very good athletes playing, but there's a difference in the talent level, and the Giants don't have any in that. And depth, field. too, and the, the Giants don't have any depth. Their offense was, I know they had pretty good numbers, and Daniel Jones has a pretty fair number of receptions and all that sort of thing, but there's no consistency to what they're doing. They'll rip off a big gain and get stuffed at the line of scrimmage. It just is not a, not a consistent level of offense, and uh, that's going to hurt them for the rest of the season. So you think we're going to get Clyde back going into the Green Bay game? I think he is eligible to come back for the Packers, and that will help, although they got pretty good running from Gore mm-hmm. last night. Yeah, and Williams too. Williams And, and Williams. Yeah. They the, both, the, in fact, they had about an even number of yards. Each was in the high 40s. Yeah, the committee thing they're doing with the running backs and kind of resting them on different, on opposite things because they're each producing. And, you know, we got Gore coming up from the practice squad, and he's just producing just as well as Williams or Clyde was. Well, those guys on the practice squad are good players. Yeah, you, like you said, professionals. They are. They're <laughs> pro football players, and they're capable of a lot of good things, but it's the level of consistency that you go through. Can you do it every game? Yeah, everybody can do it once, once in a while, but who can do it all the time? Every That's time. What you're looking every at. single time. Um, so, is that true? Football Bears nationally ranked. They are. They did slip a little bit this week, which surprised me since they had a terrific come from behind win over North Dakota, but they went from 17 to 20. That's not a precipitous slip, and they are among the top 25. In fact, at last check yesterday, there were six Missouri Valley Conference teams in the top 25. Tough conference. The top one, of course, is eight-time national champ North Dakota State. Number one is Sam Houston State. They're the defending national champions. Then North Dakota State, Southern Illinois, who the Bears play on Saturday, is 11. The Bears are 20. Is 20 good enough for a playoff spot? It sure is, in my opinion. Keep in mind, there are 24 teams in the FCS or Division I AA playoffs. That's a pretty good amount, 24. And you would have to think that if you're listed in the top 25, you're going to be one of them. But the problem is, how many teams from the same conference can you take? Can you take six? Boy, somebody's going to raise hell if that's the case. Some of these other, hey, you're giving all those, that team. Well, it's a good conference. That's Record right. in competition. I mean, look at the SEC. I mean, how many times have we seen that playoff have more than one SEC team? Well, they, yeah, they usually have two. <laughs> I mean, come they on. Get it's two just, in there, and, yeah, and it's of like, one of them's it, always Alabama. And that's that, you're looking at half of the half of the field right there. Yeah. So, But in this case, in this case, with the 24, can you have as many as six? I doubt it. So I think really the Bears, they have to win Saturday. Yeah. And they have to win against Northern Iowa the following week here. That's their last home game. I do really feel like they'll win their final game out in Utah. But the fact of the matter remains, this is a very good football team, and they're playing well and deserve the national accolades, and I hope they can make it. Me too. If they go into uh, Carbondale and they beat the Salukis. That's good. That's then real good. Do you think how, how much do you think they gain? A lot. 
So hopefully they can, if they, they can put their money where their mouth is and answer the question for us after the weekend. <laughs> It'd be great to hear that. Um, so we talked about the Lady Panthers uh, first showing in the tournament and how well they did. Lady Bears also had an exhibition game recently, too. The, the, well, it was an exhibition game last night, as a matter of fact, at JQH Arena. And, I, I, you know, did they gain anything from this? They played Missouri Baptist, which is located up in St. Louis Creek, Four, I think, but I'm not sure. But one of the St. Louis... Uh, enclaves is where Missouri Baptist located. 107 to 33, the final score. Does that gain you anything? Yeah, it gets you out on the court and allows the kids to go through shooting and all that. But in terms of being ready for the defense that you're going to see in the Missouri Valley Conference and before then in the tournaments that the Lady Bears play in, no, you did not see that at all. Now, Missouri State does have another a preseason game coming up later this week. They'll play Lincoln out of Jefferson City. That's also probably another walkover, but it does get the kids out there, does get them a chance to play and to work some kind of, oh, some rhythm within the team itself. Not that they really need any. They're pretty good, mostly returnees from last year. And it, it, it gives the fans a chance to see a relaxed atmosphere because after that second exhibition game, they won't be relaxed atmospheres anymore. They will be regular season games and ready to go. And they're playing top ten competition all season In a lot long. of respects, they, they are. They really are. All right, man. Well, get some rest. We don't have many days <laughs> to get through this week before we have to work all weekend long. Ned, have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow.